every Wednesday. Oye Oye Podcast. Open your eyes with Alberic Barrett and Alonso de Yanis. Hello and welcome to this uh, worldwide premiere of uh, Oje Oje Open Your Eyes podcast here exclusively in Spotify. Um, I'm here with my colleague and friend, Albrecht Barrett. Hello, folks. And uh, we're going to discuss in this podcast from now on sustainability topics, environmental topics, climate change, um, agriculture, veganism, yeah. uh, vegetarian. Terrorism and uh, fast fashion, fast fashion, water preservation, um, um, energy producing um, topics related, and and so much more that uh, we want you to hang out with us each Wednesday here in Spotify with Oje Oje Open Your Eyes, Open Your Eyes podcast, the best podcast ever created, the best post podcast ever created. Amen. Uh, so, uh, yeah, as Alonso said, we're going to talk broadly about uh, sustainability. And uh, there's uh, a point we would like to make clear before we start, is that we are uh, like in prison between two tales. Uh, from one side, we have the Promethean alternative when we talk about sustainability, which is a great classic of human uh, mythologies. Uh, with the triumphs of the strong men over matter. Uh, once it was because of gods, now it would be thanks to technique. Um, and on the other hand, we have another tale, which is uh, a most accurate tale, but still, it's the collapsing system tale, the end and the apocalypse, which is uh, very classic, as I said, uh, and which is also a warning. Uh, for uh, actual living beings like us. So in both tales, there are interesting things, but us today and every Wednesday, we are going to, we will try, I mean, to uh, uh, go out of these, uh, those bi binary bias uh, to give you more tales about this topic, sustainability. More information about the topics, actually. I mean, we we are going to try to have uh, an interest interesting debate about um, all those topics and for you to have different opinions about the matter. I mean, we want you to be informed. We want you to be um, critical about the situation that is going on right now in our, in our earth, our home, our land. And uh, of course, that uh, Africa and I, we are not um, all the time uh, in the same uh, channel. We do not agree in many things. I think so. <laughs> yeah. And we're not experts. We are not experts. Uh, we're trying to be experts. Exactly. Uh, but as you, uh, we have different points of view of uh, the situation in general of sustainable development, climate change and stuff. And we want you to have uh, your own opinion too after listening to us. So uh, the topic of today is nuclear, nuclear energy. Is it really dangerous? <laughs> so that's a question that we'll have every time that a uh, nuclear energy pops out in a room because uh, we are um, debating about uh, which are the risks, uh, how much radiation is producing, are we safe, aren't we safe, uh, are we going to die because of a nuclear energy disaster? So um, this is the topic of today. Uh, 
And so, of course, we talk about nuclear power plants because there's also nuclear medicine and nuclear in industries also. But nuclear weapons. Weapons also. <laughs> nuclear <laughs> weapons. But today we're going to, to talk about nuclear plants. Nuclear plants. Uh, civilization is uh, always looking at uh, different kinds of uh, developed energy, of energy development. Since uh, the birth of civilization, we human beings uh, start to measure our progress with our energy resources. First, it was fire, then it was uh, uh, coal, then uh, gas, oil, electricity, nuclear. Now we have renewable energy, solar, wind, hydro and stuff. And uh, we... Like uh, Alvrick says in the in, in the introduction of this podcast, uh, we human beings are always uh, in a run with a technical or with a technology um, uh, race. And um, human beings, we are always looking for different kinds of uh, energy resources. And uh, nuclear ha- is a nuclear is a a type of energy that uh, is produced more efficiently with less carbon emissions than uh, many renewable energy that are right now in the market. And uh, for many, for many of, of us, uh, nuclear energy seems very dangerous if we take into account uh, the some disasters. For example, uh, the Three Mile Island in 1979, Chernobyl in 1986, and Fukushima in 2011, which, uh, which each new disaster, public opinion went crazy, right? Exactly. They went crazy. And a lot of, uh, actually article and, uh, press release, uh, said a lot of, uh, uh false opinion, uh, about the subject. So we're going to talk about it. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Uh, for many people, for many, uh, scientific, uh, for the scientific community, for, uh, People in government, nuclear power is not a climate solution. Uh, it may produce lower carbon uh, energy, but this energy com- comes with a great deal of risk. And uh, we're going to talk about the risks to uh, today of the of the uh, nuclear energy. Uh, we we want to to be clear about uh, how energy plants function. Yes, exactly. So I'm going to to talk to you about uh, the functioning uh, basic stuff, so you can really understand like how it works, uh, and nothing uh, will be a, a mystery for you anymore. Uh, so in a nuclear uh, power plant, you have the the core, the reactor, and uh, in this reactor we have fuel assemblies that are uh, tubes containing enriched uranium that serve as a fossil fuel actually for the atomic fission. Um, they remain around three to four years in the reactor vessel or reactor tank and are renewed by a third or a quarter of their reactor capacity. So they spent, uh, the, the Spain fuel, uh, being replaced is always moved underwater, uh, in a storage pool, actually. So why do we use water? It's because it's more easy to uh, actually control the reaction and also because uh, only 50 centimeters of water above the fuel roads divide gamma radiation by 10 and mitigate even more alpha and beta radiation. Uh, just to 
to uh, to to notice to precise. You. Yeah, to precise. Sorry, um, those actually spent fuels are ten meters down in the water in power plants. Um, I think that I think that many people that are listening to us right now are asking themselves how it works. You know, how does uh, nuclear energy is produced? Because maybe uh, they don't understand how uh, um, the atom is a break in a nuclear reaction, you know? Uh, so the nucleus of the atoms of the atom breaks into several pieces and release an immense amount of energy. This process is known as nuclear fission. Uh, many people can, uh, or maybe you have read about a uh, nuclear fission, uh, but it, this is when the nucleus, uh, we break apart for energy in most nuclear power plants is that, uh, is from uranium atom. So, uh, we need to be clear that, uh, in order to produce nuclear energy, we need, uh, uranium atom, which is, um, more specifically uranium atom 235, 235, I think. Uh, yes. and that numbers indicates the total number of neutrons and protons in the nucleus. Uh, um, this chain reaction, I mean, when we break up, uh, the atom, uh, provides a lot of energy. And the best part is that Uh, it does so without emitting um, huge amounts of CO2. Uh, yeah, yeah, because they actually don't burn like fossil energies. Because, yeah, some people might think also that uranium is actually a fossil energy. But the thing is that uh, there are a metal that is already in the ground, present in the ground. And so it's not something that is burning. It's something that at the atomic level is actually possible to uh, fission and that is feasible. And that's why it's producing energy. So this is the main reason why it's not producing uh, carbon emission. When we talk about carbon emission uh, related to nuclear propellants, it's because we need actually oil to exploit them, extract them, transport them and make all the transformation process. Yeah. And uh, of course, this uh, transformation process, well, this nuclear fission activity, sorry, uh, needs a lot of safety. It needs a lot of safety. For the, for the last few decades, um, making reactors safer to operate has been uh, the primary focus of nuclear engineers. In fact, Nuclear engineers have said that some of the newest generation of reactors, which will begin production in uh, 2030, will be even walk away safe, according to them. Uh, that's, that is that uh, you could relinquish all control of the reactor uh, forever and without incidents. Sounds kind of uh, utopical. Uh, but uh, what do you think? What do you think, Ulrich, about uh, the safety of the reactors? Well, today, uh, most reactors are quite safe. Of course, we can always add more, uh, uh, safety. more safety to it. But basically, um, in addition to the control cluster that we have to ensure more or less uh, the control of uh, electricity production, um, we also use neutron poison, which is actually a liquid that is capable of absorbing neutrons. So when there's too much reaction, as we said uh, before, uh, nuclear energy is produced by the, the, the fission of atoms. And when there's too much fission of atoms, we can actually 
calm down that those reaction, the chain reaction. And um, just we might consider that we have actually we lost all energy, all uh, the electrical energy. There is still another safety, which are uh, other uh, cluster that are actually held above the reactor core. And so if we have a total loss of power supply, those um, those um, um, control cluster are going to fall. And by falling with just the gravity, they are going to actually absorb all the neutrons and the chain of reaction is will, com will completely be stopped. So um, from that point of view, um, I think that it's a first step. Of course, we have other... Uh, ways to uh, actually make it safer, uh, which is actually the three water circuit that we have in power plants. Um, but this is only regarding uh, pressurized, pressurized water power plants. Uh, I don't know a lot about your uh, new kind of generation. Uh, perhaps you could tell me more. About what? Your last, uh, the, the future power plant in 2030. In 2030, well, it's supposed that uh, they're going to be without without many uh, major technical operations. You can be uh, walking uh, normally in the nuclear plant, and the engineering technology will protect your uh, all the people that is working there from radiation in the maximum degree of security and safetyness uh, mm -hmm. without precedent. Yeah, I. I, I don't know what to think about it. Because I don't know either. <laughs> actually, you know, we have the UNSCUR, which yeah. is a, 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 specific, a scientific committee about uh, the effect on uh, uh, atomic radiation. Uh, it's uh, much more older than the IPCC. And um, actually... Where is IPCC for the people to know? It's the Intergovernmental uh, Panel... On uh, climate change, sorry. <laughs> Intergovernmental panel on climate change. And um, so this UNSCUR, uh, uh, which is uh, the committee from the uh, United States Nation too, um, is actually, I mean, he's doing great analysis and reports about uh, the effects of atomic radiation. They did about Trimad Island, of course, Chernobyl and Fukushima. And what they are saying basically is that workers in nuclear power plants are less exposed to atomic radiation than workers in the mines to extract metals, like cobalt and other rare earth that we use to produce photovoltaic panels, panels, wind turbines, but also cars and stuff. So I'm a bit, little bit skeptical about it. I think there's other priorities, but uh, we're going to... To, to discuss them exactly. Uh, actually, why why is radiate radiate radioactive material so dangerous? Why are we scared about it? Uh, well, to start with, to be radioactive refers to the fact that this material is actively emitting radiation. This is not the same kind of radiation we are familiar with, such as a visible electromagnetic radiation from a light bulb or uh, for a microwave. Electromagnetic radiation emitted as a result of nuclear fission, known as gamma rays, has 100,000 times more energy than visible light. So it's 100,000 um, more than a, than a lamp in your house. That's why it's very dangerous. Um, 
Radioactive material can also emit highly energetic electrons, beta particles, they are called beta particles, and small clusters of protons and neutrons, which are called alpha particles. And um, this concentrated energy causes the molecule, the molecules in our body to react in ways that can be extremely damaging and sometimes uh, giving ra ra rise to, to cancer. For example, uh, there's a Mexican um, fact that uh, for the, the government, um, for the government, uh, one of the government uh, food policies, they were buying mm -hmm. cheap milk mm -hmm. from uh, Europe, from Europe. And after the Chernobyl uh, disaster, uh, Mexican government bought about 20 tons of uh, radioactive milk that they didn't knew about it. And they distributed in, uh, in Mexico. And many people that um, drank that, that milk mm -hmm. that was bought yeah. has now uh, cancer and many other diseases because of being... Uh, in contact because they they, yeah. they they drank that that contaminated milk so um, yeah many stories of uh, of radioactivity danger are always uh, you know like rumoring in in the scientific uh, community and also at a, in a TV shows we have uh, these uh, Chernobyl uh, movies Chernobyl TV series that are always uh, making a non-scientific approach and misinformation people exactly uh, yeah. about yeah. Uh, the damage and the risk of uh, of radioactivity. Yeah, nevertheless, I think that the Chernobyl uh, series is actually TV show. Sorry, is not uh, is quite. It's not that far from reality. Yeah, regarding the accidents, uh, like how it happens um, for the other parts, I don't know because I haven't watched it. But um, yes, I mean. This is uh, we the, the discussion we had before between risk and danger. Uh, most of the time, when we are actually trying to measure the radiotoxicity of a, a nuclear uh, product or waste, we're uh, actually um, um, measuring it by the ingestion. Um, like if people were actually eating them, yeah, eating them, like enough mad to eat them, and of course, like. You have to know that everything has a radioactivity. Like we are radioactive. But of course, the problem is not if we are or not radioactive, but is how much radioactivity do we have in our uh, corpse. And the thing is that to measure the radioactivity, we use the Becquerel unit. It's actually a unit uh, that is uh, counting how much... Um, the say of atom are happening in a certain amount of uh, material per second. So for a normal uh, person, I think, like 80 kilos, it should be around uh, 30, they say. 30 Great, I'm, I'm a normal say. person because I'm 80 kilos. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's like a 30 uh, atomic, they say, uh, per kilo per second. And the limit that is uh, actually settled by the, the World Health Organization is 10,000 per liter. So... For drinking water, right? Yes, for drinking water, uh, which is like the most, I mean, 
Nobody is drink, drinking actual radioactive water, water but uh, the limit is 10,000 I mean, BCQ uh, unit. Uh, starting from that point, we can, we can see health issues, health effects. Okay. It can affect health. So that's why uh, organizations such as Greenpeace, that I really appreciate for many things, are not the best association when it comes to nuclear problems because they actually uh, try to erase uh, some kind of uh, big issue around uh, some rejects of uh, radioactive uh, materials in water. But actually those rejects are only from 30 becquerels, uh, 30 becquerels uh, per liter. So it's nothing compared to what are the real risks settled by the World Health Organization. That's shocking. Yes, I mean, um, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, the radioactive tolerance is not that much as I was expecting, you know. 10,000 10, BQ uh, per liter is not, um, I think it's not that much. Well... <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> not... <laughs> I mean, I will not drink that wa that contaminated water, of course. I mean, of course, yeah. But, but um, so uh, may, many many people, or well, me for example, I wonder after we, I, I I was wondering what happened to the nuclear waste after. What do we do to that nuclear waste? Uh, of course. Um, The waste generated by nuclear reactors remains radioactive for uh, 10 to hundreds of thousands of years, you know, like many, many years. So currently, currently there are no uh, long term storage solutions for radioactive waste. And that, that is a problem. And most of uh, that radioactive waste is stored in temporary above ground facilities. These facilities are running out of storage space, so the nuclear industry is turning to other types of storage that are most uh, costly and potentially less safe. For example, in Mexico, I'm going to put my own country's example. Uh, <laughs> we have uh, this, uh, what is called radioactive cemetery. Yeah. And it's the only one in Mexico, actually, and it's uh, very near Mexico City, very near the new airport um facility and uh, many experts are um, wondering if uh, it's safe to have an airport just like two blocks from difference of these uh, mm. um, nuclear cemetery <laughs> uh, but they're actually uh, outside or they're outside no? they're under earth I mean yeah yes but they're, they're not like in a specific facility They are in a so-called specific facility that I don't... I mean, in the container. They are in containers, but they are outside. I think like it, it's just like Canada, United States, uh, Finland, and other con uh, perhaps also Switzerland. They have this kind of, uh, of storage. Yeah. Um, again, I think it's, uh, it's about how, how dangerous it is. Like, uh, <laughs> how close from an attack we could actually be. Or uh, aircraft accidents. And how many type of uh, waste do we have? We, I mean, there's a lot of different waste, but... 
I mean, for Basically, nuclear, for nuclear waste, uh, we can we can divide it in four categories. We have the fission products, the minor actinides. So there are like the three uh, other uh, um, um, how we say that radionuclides. Uh, yeah, like there are the three others matters uh, after uh, uranium that are quite annoying radionuclides actually. <laughs> uh, then we have plutonium and uranium because of course. Many people, uh, when they say uh, waste management of uh, waste nuclear nuclear waste, they say uranium, right? Yes. And we actually have uh, more of them. Exactly. Because, as we said before, we have to uh, uh, diminish the chain reaction. We have to stop it sometime because we don't want that the, the, the core uh, actually reach a certain, uh, a certain amount of... Um, of, uh, I mean, a certain uh, certain degrees, uh, because it would be dangerous. So when there's a, a reaction, actually other products are creating as by those reaction. So we have, uh, of course, the fission products and the minor actinides, but we also have plutonium, and we still have some uranium. That's why in France, for instance, we use plutonium and uranium again in the nuclear power plants. Um, and so the really, uh, the, 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 what we call the high radioactive uh, waste are fission products and minor actinides. And actually, if you are without any, uh, precaution, uh, one meter away from those kind of high radioactive products. Okay. In two, three, four minutes, you die for sure. And this is why we use actually uh, a glass because we can vitrify them in the glass. So they are stable because glass is actually a very stable uh, material that is absorbing almost everything. Then we put them in containers. Then we have also, I mean, the containers, they are, um, uh, they are stainless steel. Um, and then we can store them well in front it's there are specific facilities, even though before we actually participated in immersion campaigns. So between 68 and 69, we actually dropped some uh, red, super radioactive yeah, containers super in radioactive the city. Containers. So, well, we start, we stopped that, that thing now, but we also put some in mines. And because of the groundwater a reserve that we have, because of the potential leaks, uh, we have some contamination. So this is something we really have to uh, to to to, look. to talk about actually in another uh, in another podcast, yes, right? Yes, about because it's a, uh, it's a it's a broader topic. Um, but yeah, basically we have four categories of products, and um, those products actually they're uh, first like remaining one or two year in the pool of okay. the nuclear power plant. In the cooling pools. Yeah, in the cooling pools. Okay. Uh, I mean, for uh, water pressurized nuclear power plants, which is not the case in Mexico, I think. No, it's not Neither the case. In, uh, yeah. You put them directly outside, and so it actually it, it's actually only the air that is cooling them. And you don't reuse the re- uranium and plutonium. Uh, so in France, what we do is actually letting them... I mean, it's, it's easier to store them and safer to have them in those uh, cooling pool. We keep them for two years, and then after they go to the uh, 
uh, using of the ag it's uh to the factory of the ag sorry um it's um um a reprocessing reprocessing. Yeah, a reprocessing facility right yes exactly and they stay oh well three years more uh or two years more and then after we can start to process them so we use a chemical process is actually uh Uh, separated, separating uranium and plutonium from the rest. And this is uh, uh, actually, I mean, we, we are very scared about nuclear waste, but if we consider the huge amount of electricity that we get from uranium and the very little amount of super radioactive waste, well, It's it's kind of, it's kind of good comp it's kind of a good comp compromise. I think that one one interesting question that that we um, that we have or that many people has have is a um, is actually uh, worth it the risk mm -hmm. of having nuclear energy plants in the world. I mean, is it worth it to have this? Uh, Tiny, tiny molecules, molecules <laughs> of uh, ultra radioactive uh, waste uh, in some um, in some deposits, and I don't know. I mean, well, it depends. You know, when you take we're all talking about uh, contaminated water before. Uh, when if you drink uh, contaminated water of uh, 30 becquerel per liter for One year, every day, seven, uh, 40 hours, 44 hours a day, seven day, <clears throat> every day. You actually are, <laughs> I mean, if you take the plane one hour, you will have, it will be as much contaminated by radioactive radiation. So that's why actually astronauts, they are the most radioactive people on earth because they went to the space. And there are way off limits <laughs> regarding uh, nuclear power plant workers. So, of course, I mean, I think we're questioning now a way of life, you know, because if you want to actually stop nuclear energy, then perhaps you don't want to save climate change. I mean, to shave To mitigate climate change. Or okay, if you want okay. to do it. That, that's, that's an interesting point of view. Can you please... Uh... Elaborate. Elaborate it exactly. again. Because, I mean, <clears throat> today we have a very low carbon emission thanks to power, power plant, nuclear power plant uh -huh. in our uh, electric energy mix. And in the best scenarios that was made by the IPCC, nuclear energy is actually a solution to mitigate climate change, is a solution for a transition. It's not the answer because renewable energy are also part of the answer, but it depends where we actually settle them. It's not, I mean, it's not accurate to put nuclear power plants everywhere. And it's exactly the same for renewable energies. So when I hear, I mean, when I, when I saw actually the words of the uh, International Energy Agency, uh, Mr. Birol, who said that, uh, We believe nuclear power is extremely important for many reasons, but at least two strategic ones. One, electricity security, and second, reducing emission. Well, 
I think that almost everything is said. Today, we know that there's uh, uh, a problem with uh, efficiency. Like the International Energy Agency recorded uh, a loss of efficiency in the new materials we are creating. We also are going to talk about it later on because of uh, digital equipment. But the thing is that today, the first question we have to ask ourselves is, do we want to create new energies that are consuming huge amounts of materials and at the same time polluting? Or do we really want to mitigate climate change? Because if we want to mitigate climate change, we have to divide our consumption. And in any case, even though if we can actually remove all the nuclear power plants from Earth, we still have to reduce our electricity consumption and fossil fuel consumption. For many, for many people, me included, um, having that tiny amount of ultra super hyper uh, radioactive waste is a huge risk. Because uh, if we go back to the safety, uh, to the safetiness of our nuclear power uh, producing plants, mm -hmm. um, many mistakes are related to human uh, behavior. Which one? Many mistakes in uh, in uh, nuclear accidents. Not the Fukushima one, because it w the Fukushima one, we all know it was... First from an earthquake, and then the tsunami that uh, came after destroyed our cooling process, and uh, the disaster was uh, inevitable. Mm -hmm. But um, and you know that there were actually three reactors in Fukushima power plant, and just one of them actually melt. Yeah, you yeah, knew that. I knew that. I knew that. You but I that. mean, of course, of course, you knew. <laughs> we prepared the I, podcast. What <laughs> I mean. Uh, Uh, because I mean, there has been. I mean, imagine, there, imagine there are this. different types of things to consider. Imagine this. Well, I give and you the. I give you the, the. You give me the floor. Thank you. Um, well, like, actually, all accidents do not imply the same thing. Chernobyl was exactly a human mistake, and at that time, it was the only power plant, nuclear power plant, that was producing electricity for people. And it was the first one. It was also the, the, the most powerful one. And there were no containment facilities. So that's, that is also a reason why yeah. it actually spread that much. After we had Three Mile Island, no death. Apparently. Nobody died. Nobody died from Three Mile Island. Even with the... Uh, With the um, uh, uh, science scientific studies we made, we haven't saw like a huge uh, increase of cancer. And regarding Fukushima, we will uh, we are I mean well perhaps they will be, but only for uh, for children because they are still developing their uh, thyroid. And uh, but regarding older people. Apparently, there will be nothing. This You can read all of this in the UNSCR reports, actually. So, of course, uh, it's a potential risk. But you, when you take into account the 438 reactors worldwide, if I am not mistaken, uh, and all the amount of energy they are creating, because, I mean, they are creating energy almost 100% of the time. 
This is what we call the charging factor. Yeah. So this is the ratio between the all the energy that would be created if it, if those energy system were uh, uh, actually operating 100 uh, percent of the time, and the actual energy that is producing by those means of energies. In France, it's between 70 and 75 for nuclear energy, because I mean we we have different uh, constraints. But in other countries, like in the United States, it's more like 80, 80, uh, 90, 92 percent of the time. So if you take into account all the energy that is created by this, and the, I mean it's horrible, but if you compare it to other source of energies. Nuclear energy is one of the safest. I mean, if you t- take the history, hydraulic energy killed more people, way more people than nuclear energy. And at the same time, uh, there's a, a danger. The danger is that it might, I don't know, there, there could be a leak or it could explode or uh, I don't know. But there's also uh, other dangers that are surrounding us every day. I mean, there are more people. Yeah, I mean, every let's, day let's, in the world. Let's take let's take uh, the um, the opening statement about uh, the end of the world um, situation. Mm-hmm. Imagine that we stop producing nuclear electricity by nuclear energy, which is one of the lowest that has one of the lowest emission rates of uh, carbon. Yeah, and uh, then because of climate change, the world start to melt. <laughs> you know, like. Huge, uh, natural disasters. And then, uh, because we, we stop use our nuclear energy and we start using other, uh, more polluting, uh, energy resources, um, natural disasters are occurring. And then, uh, yards where radioactive materials were, were, uh, in storage start like leak. And uh, we're gonna die. We're gonna die. <laughs> we're gonna die. So if we want to prevent climate change, we need to uh, continue the use of uh, nuclear energy. I think it depends where. I mean, I'm not sure that actually continuing uh, to to develop, if we can say develop, uh, uh, fusion for nuclear power plants is a good idea. But for the fourth generation of power plants. We actually know that if they are working worldwide, uh, they could actually increase, uh, multiplied 200 times the lifetime we still have of, uh, of uranium, you know, in the mines. And so that could be another mean to actually have, uh, well, the less, the less, uh, uh, not horrible, but, uh, the less harmful transition to another type of society. So I think it really depends on where it is, you know. If it's on the coast, I don't know if it's a good idea because we know that there will be more and more meteorological events. Yeah, and the will affect tsunamis. the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tsunamis, uh, um, but in other, hurricanes. But in other countries, you know, you have a lot of wind. Almost every day you have wind. So perhaps you can, you know... I mean, it's, it's all about measure. Like it, it's really specific cases, but for now, the thing that is sure is that every single year in France, we have about 50,000 people who die about air pollution in Europe. It's five, it's 
well, it's 500,000, and worldwide, it's 6 million. Yeah, I don't want to imagine uh, the American... Uh the American um, numbers or the Asian numbers. <laughs> oh, yeah, people who died because of that. But there are also more people dying because of uh, electricity, uh, I don't know, tobacco, alcohol, sugar. Shark. Yeah, shark. Sharks. Oh, well, not that much. You know, it's it's hippopotamus, actually, that are the most deadly... Uh, Animals. Yeah, to, to humans. After, after us or before us? Oh, well, <laughs> after, I think. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, yeah, we can we can. I I think it's legitimate to to be afraid of some nuclear uh, power plants, but at the same time, uh, we have a lot of scientific also studies. We have people, not politician. I'm talking about expert, real engineers, scientific exactly. community that, that is developing how it's working, and of course we need NGOs, we need env environmentalists. And a lot of other people, so we can have... And a, people like us that make podcasts to exactly. for you guys to be informed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, of course, of course, we, we, we can ask those questions, but I don't think that it's very accurate to have an absolute point of view, whether, like Greenpeace or other uh, NGOs that are against, against nuclear energy, they, 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 they state it, or other people, like, uh, I don't know, politicians that are uh, 100% for nuclear energy. Wherever we can settle it, you know, because it's cheap. It's cheap. That's a fact. It's cheap also. Oof. Fly. Uh, time flies when you are having fun, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, conclusions. Conclusion. What, what do we want to say? What do I want to say? Well, of course, uh, nuclear energy has its risks. But, um... I am actually a pro-nuclear pro guy, you know, uh, I'm very excited about Mexican government, again, Mexico, yay, viva Mexico, um, making two new reactors with the Russian support <laughs> in our great republic, um, and uh, I think that uh, we need, we need, we need, we need to make a... a Latin American countries, for example, a transition from uh, carbon electricity dependency into different ways. And right now, nuclear energy can give to Latin American countries the opportunity to minimize their carbon footprint and their mm -hmm. carbon emissions. And I think that uh, I am a pro-nuclear uh, regarding uh, electricity produ production in Latin America. Although I'm kind of scared about... Um, water issues? No. Water issues and Latin American affair of uh, safety <laughs> control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and corruption. And I don't want to have another Chernobyl, um, you know, like in Mexico, in Guatemala or in Colombia. I don't want to have that. Yeah, this is also something we have to take into account in, uh, in those countries. Because, uh, yeah, and uh, Latin America is one of the most diverse continents of the world mm. with many of the world's species and uh, having nuclear plants in the middle of the rainforest is. Um, so, but you're still for, uh, for nuclear power plants. <laughs> it's better than it's better than coal. <laughs> ah, yeah, it's better than coal. Yeah, but perhaps you have uh, a lot of sun. No, we have. Ah. We have. Ah, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> and perhaps that people should start to reduce their consumption, as we said before. As we said before. Mm. What do you think? Well, I think uh, I think we should inform people as much as possible, tell them that they have to reduce their energy consumption, and then choose what kind of energy do we want. I think that if people have more insights about those topics... They can engage. Yes. I mean, if they know that there is not only the question of water, not only the question of radioactive waste, uh, but also the question of... Uh, the, the metals we extract in mines and climate change because we have a, we have an agenda an actually very pressing agenda uh, I think they will be able to have a, a better understanding of what energy we should use and how we should use it for most of it because for now which is sure is that the global energy mix is dominated by fossil fuel more than 84% of those energy and if you look at the history there has never been a transition toward another energy. We discovered, as you said in the beginning, energies, fire with wood and coal and oil, etc. But we always add those new energy to the previous one. And some people might think actually that we're having a transition. But we haven't. Exactly, we haven't. So I hope that this podcast, uh, this first podcast uh, has been uh, quite uh, useful for you to understand uh, a little bit better or, or much more better. Yeah. Yeah. How do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. Thanks too much for uh, listening to us in this uh, first podcast. You can follow me on my social media. My Twitter is uh, Alonso with a Z, like in zoo, Eli. Uh, <laughs> And uh, you can put uh, some questions there. Uh, I've got to know if you want to share your social media, Twitter stuff. Well, oh, uh, you know, oh yeah, that's okay. Well, we, I have Twitter. You we, can follow me on LinkedIn if you want. <laughs> you can follow him on LinkedIn, Alberic Barrett, and ask him some questions about uh, sustainability, climate change, nuclear power plants, and many more. So, thank you for listening. To, uh, oye, oye, open your eyes podcast here in Spotify. And we wish you a good Christmas holidays. Merry Christmas. See you. Bye-bye. Soon.